On Point with Craig's Investment Partners. The information provided here is general in nature. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your financial situation, objectives, goals, or risk tolerance. All investments are subject to risks and none are guaranteed. So before you make any investment decisions, we recommend you contact an investment advisor. For more information about our services in that regard, you can go to our website, which is craigsip.com. Welcome to On Point. I'm Mark Lister, Investment Director at Craig's Investment Partners, and I'll be talking about a range of topics, including economics, portfolio strategy, investor education, and anything else that's happening out there in financial markets. Hi, everyone. Hope you're well. Keen to have a little chat about the US election, because we are starting to think about what will happen in November. November the 5th is election date and a lot of people out there are pondering how this might all influence the investment outlook and the share market. Now I'm not going to go into too much detail, we're not going to talk about stocks and sectors and different policies, uh, what it might mean for trade policy, tax policy, all of that sort of thing. That will come as the year progresses and we see more specific policy announcements. I've got some initial thoughts on that, but for now, we just want to keep it high level. I think the key message that I want to impart is that while financial markets will be impacted by the US election in November, there is no need for any dramatic portfolio adjustments just yet. The US economy can perform well under governments of different shapes, sizes and colours, and the share market can return positive returns uh, in the face of political uncertainty. And it's actually got a pretty solid track record of going okay during election years. It's just eight months away, but this month or the upcoming month, March, is an important one on the US political calendar. So next week, we will have Super Tuesday on Tuesday uh, that's the 5th, I think, isn't it, of, uh, of March, Super Tuesday. That is the day where the greatest number of states hold their presidential primary elections and caucuses. And primary elections are not part of the US Constitution, uh, so they're sort of unofficial. They're really just held by the parties themselves, the Democrats and the Republicans. And the parties and their delegates hold these elections to choose the candidates that will represent them in the election, in the presidential election. So Super Tuesday typically uh, sometimes comes in February, sometimes comes in March. It's typically the day when we find out for sure or for almost sure who will be running for the Democrats and the Republicans. And that takes place next week. We'll see primaries in I think 16 states, so it's sort of roughly a third of all the delegates out there, hence the name Super Tuesday. It's a very influential uh, group of primary elections. And it should give us confirmation or near confirmation. It will indeed be Joe Biden and Donald Trump that get that nomination for their respective parties. And if that happens, as many of us, most of us are expecting, that would set us up for the first presidential rematch since 1956. 
And back then, in 1956, you had President Dwight Eisenhower, who was the incumbent at the time, face Adlai Stevenson, who was the challenger. Eisenhower won that one, but it's quite similar to today. At the time, he faced a lot of questions about his ability to serve for a full second term, just like Biden's getting. Many Americans out there believe that Biden, who is already the oldest president in history, and if he gets a second term, if he wins in November and does another four years, he would be 86 at the end of that second term. So he is older than most uh, in terms of presidents, and many Americans do believe that he's actually too old to go another four years. But despite that, the Democrats are very, very likely to back him to run again. So they'll pick him anyway, I strongly suspect. And there's a couple of reasons for that. If you look back at 200 plus years of US elections, I think the first elections came in uh, 1788, I think it was, wasn't it? That was when you had the, the signing of the US Constitution or around that time. 200 plus years of US elections, the incumbent party who's already in power, has won 58% of the time. So if you're already in power, you've got a slight edge of being re-elected in terms of the party. When the sitting president is running, as is the case with Biden this time, you know he's already had his first term, and so he's the sitting president, and he's up again to try and get a second term, and there's only two you can do, so you've got a maximum of two four-year terms in the US. They don't have to be consecutive. That's why Trump is able to run again. So when the sitting president is running... That likelihood historically increases from 58% to 69%. So Biden's very much in the box seat, at least according to historic trends. And because of that, his party will be very reluctant to go against the odds. That said, recessions do tend to see the pendulum swing back in favour of the opposition. So the economy is something that could have a big influence on the outcome in November. And at the moment, it doesn't look like the US is anywhere near recession. It's looking like it's fairly buoyant. Uh, so that presumably would play into Biden's hands. But if you did see something go wrong, uh, then that is something that typically does give the opposition uh, a much, much better chance. The potential for an economic slowdown or a recession is not the only thing that would potentially worry Biden uh, and the Democrats. Another major issue they've got is his approval rating, which is low. Uh, in a recent poll I saw it fell to 38%, which is only just above the all-time low for Joe Biden. And that's well below the levels that typically point to a good chance of re-election. So his approval rating is not fantastic at all. Part of that will be the cost of living. It'll be the other challenges out there. So it's looking very much like a line ball decision in the eyes of many in terms of who might win in November. And when I look at the betting markets, which I think are interesting to look at because that's people sort of putting their money where their mouth is. So they're quite an interesting gauge of opinion or the view uh, of a lot of people out there. The betting markets have been very close for the last three or four months. They've been sitting very close to 50-15. At the moment, Trump actually has the slight edge. You know, the betting markets are saying Trump sort of 52% versus Biden 48%. So it could go either way. Now, for us share investors, we need to consider what that means. And there's plenty of time for that. Today, 
I don't think we need to make any major changes to our strategy. We don't need to panic. We don't need to sell everything and sit on the sidelines or take any drastic action like that simply because it's an election year. The US share market can still perform very well despite the uncertainty that always comes with a potential change of leadership. I looked back at the 21 election years we've had since 1940, and the S&P 500 share market index in the United States has risen on 18 occasions. So that's not bad. 18 out of 21 times it's been up, only three times it's been down. That's an 86% hit rate of positive returns, which is actually above the long-term average in all the years since 1940, which is what, you know, 80 odd years, um, a little more than that. Of all of those years, 77% of the time, the market's been up in terms of calendar year returns. So 86% is, is a better return than the norm. So you've actually got a better chance of the market being up in an election year, put it that way. The three instances where we did see US shares fall during an election year were 1940, 2000, and 2008. And obviously the first of those was during World War II. Uh, 2000 was uh, around the time of the dot-com bubble bursting, uh, and then 2008 was obviously the GFC. So there are times when the market has a difficult year, but I would argue that there were other things going on in the economy uh, that superseded what you were seeing in terms of the political environment. Uh, in 2000, uh, the market was down 9%, um, which is pretty benign, but remember that it was 2001 and 2002 where the market kept going down. That was a very difficult period, uh, just at the turn of the century with the bursting of the dot-com bubble. And then obviously in 2008, that was a very difficult year for the US share market and share markets and asset prices all around the world. The US market that year was down almost 37%. And that was a, a decline of shorter duration than we saw in that uh, previous example uh, that I mentioned. But both of those times were difficult times and they were very recessionary conditions. So, you know, I think, I think the message there is that it's not necessarily the elections or the political environment that causes some of these poor returns or ructions or periods of uncertainty across markets. It's often about what's going on in the economy. And that's sort of my key message. Uh, the economy will do what it does. Businesses will do what they do. Uh, the political environment is not the most important driver of what is happening with financial markets or share markets. So it's something we need to monitor and consider but we shouldn't let politics drive our investment decisions. So anyway, uh, election years have had that uh, higher chance of a positive return uh, than the typical year, if you look back through history. However, the average gain in those 21 election years has been about 9.8%, which is actually a little below the arithmetic average of all the years since 1940. So I guess what can we take from that? Um, uh, better chance of an up year if you look back through history and look at election years, but those up years might not be quite as strong as what you would see on average typically. I don't know if that tells us anything, but it's interesting nonetheless. The seasonal pattern was quite interesting. I went back and looked at all of those 
uh, all of those years and then the election years, looked at the first half, looked at the second half, and it was quite clear that in election years, you often get a softer first six months of the year, and then you get a bit of catch up in the second six months. Whereas in a normal year, in a good year, um, the returns are sort of more evenly spread between the first six months and the second six months. So I think that's interesting, and I think it probably reflects a little bit of nervousness, a little bit of uncertainty. Who's going to run? Then you get the presidential primaries out of the way. Okay, what are the policies? What might it all mean? The the odds are moving around, the polls are moving around, and markets can be a little bit sideways uh, or even weak in that first part of the year. And then markets like certainty. So once we know where we stand, then uh, we do tend to get a bit of a pickup. So that seasonality could be something to keep an eye on. So next week, Super Tuesday, uh, that will probably tell us what we already know or what we already think, that we're headed for a Biden versus Trump rematch. Then two days after that, so Thursday next week, President Biden will give his State of the Union address. And that's something that will be very, very closely watched. It's a really important opportunity for Joe Biden to reset expectations and uh, his popularity and try and revitalize his campaign social security those sorts of things could be in focus um, it'll be interesting to see what he talks about but he needs to perform well at that state of the union address that is something that i think we need to keep a close eye on so there'll be a lot more to say in the coming months uh, i do have more thoughts uh, and you'll hear about them i'm not going to talk about them all right here and now uh, because I've got eight months to do a few more episodes and a few more reports about the US election and what it means as we see the polls change, as we get confirmation of various things and as we see some of those policies come out of the woodwork. It's going to be an exciting year. I'm looking forward to it. But for now, we will keep an eye on markets and the polls in the wake of those two important events that are coming up next week. But in the meantime, just don't let your political feelings override your investment judgment. All right, that's all team. We'll talk again soon. For more insights, visit craigsip.com.